0: On your journey with Jesus, always, everybody say always. Always Always remember the cross, okay? No matter where you're at with your journey with Jesus, always remember the cross. That's what we're going to get after today. Open your Bible to John chapter 6. Always remember the cross of Jesus Christ. We're gonna close with communion today. I thought that would be a fitting close. But I think when people think of communion, they think of something that's a tradition. They think of something that's kind of rote, like, oh yeah, I've done this before, I'll do it again. And I'm asking you not to do it like that today. I think you're gonna see in the text that people were just kind of like, yeah, we're just doing religion, we're just doing religion, we're just doing religion. And Jesus is like, wake up. It's not about religion. It's not about tradition. It's about me. It's about what I'm going to do on the cross. He's going to get to the statement, I am the bread of life. I am God. That's what he's going to say. And it was so clear, and I want you to hear it from his word. So if you're in John chapter 6, say, I'm there. Great. Find verse 16. This is so astounding. I'm going to read it for you. Jesus walks on water. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. He sent them off. The sea became rough because a strong wind from the west was blowing. When they had rowed, About three or four miles, and it took them all night. Just so you know, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. Whoop! I'm not going to read that again for you. They they saw Jesus walking on the sea. I mean, who does that? Do you know anybody that could do that? No. That's crazy. And coming near to the boat, and they were frightened, uh-huh, at his power, right? But he said to them, it is I, literally, I am. Don't be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Third miracle in 24 hours, my head's blown. First, you just break bread like all day long and fish too, right? Notice they didn't pick up the leftovers on the fish. Did you guys get that? Yeah, that would be stinky. But they picked up the bread and they had uh, 12 doggy bags. All right, now, and then he's like sends them off because the crowd's getting a little rowdy. Doesn't want them to die, right? And he disappears to the mountain to pray. He watches them. Do you think he didn't know a storm was coming out? He sends them out. Does he, do you think he doesn't know a storm's coming? He knows a storm's coming, right? So sometimes when it's going really great and God sends you out to a trial or a storm, it's because you need to remember him. You need to focus on him. You need to remember what he did for you on the cross and get on your knees again, right? And I feel that. And so he sent them off, not to die, but to think they might. you ever been there? (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to die, but I think I might. This is just too hard. Yeah. They were in that spot. And what did he do? He came to them. He came to them. This is amazing. And then immediately, boom, they're right where they're going. Now, whether that's Gennesaret or Capernaum, you go study that. Write these passages down. Matthew 14, Mark 6, and now in John 6, all stories talking about the same thing right after feeding of 5,000. You go read it. But let me show you a map just really quick. Okay, here's a map. You see the Sea of Galilee. You see where the Feeding of the 5,000 was by Bethesda there on the, what is that, the east side? Yes. All right. And then they're going to go towards Capernaum or Gennesaret, right? They're going that way. They're going going west, right? And they're going against the wind. And all of a sudden, Jesus, like they're rowing, 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 3 to 6 p.m. sometime on the fourth watch, 3 to 6 a.m., sorry, a.m., And Jesus comes walking up, and he's like, hey, you know what happens then, right? Peter walks on water. Remember that? Oh, yeah, that's in Matthew 14. You're like, man, why isn't it here? And, you know, that was a big deal, Peter walking on water and, you know, all this stuff. And I'm going to stop talking about Jesus walking on water, and here's why. All John's doing is making a transition from one story to the next. He's not trying to give you a big theological dissertation about walking on water. He's just like, hey, this happened. That's it. That's the life of Christ. Yeah, this happened. And then this happened. It's like, what, what, what? That's the life of Christ. It's just a transition. Crazy, huh? I uh, preached a message on Matthew 14 in our church in 2013. And I know that you might be interested in that. So I'm going to put it online. Well, Amanda, actually, is going to put it online, so that you can watch that this week. It's only about 30 minutes, and we had a baptism service afterwards where 18 people accepted Christ and were baptized that day, and it, it was one of the most astounding things in our church. So you should go watch that message. It'll get you caught up to speed on the walk in the water. Moving on. Everybody say moving on. All right, moving on. Great. You guys are ready. Um, that, was, that was like glaring. Like, we're moving on. All right, we're moving on. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you were that ready. I should be more self-aware. All right. Verse 22. On the next day, so they're over at Gennesaret, Capernaum, somewhere on the west side. On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side, over there by Bethsaida and where the feeding of 5,000 was, saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples But that his disciples had gone away alone, they're like, what happened? Okay, other boats, now from Tiberias, you saw on the map where that was on the way east side, or west side, came near to the place where they had storm over, boats traveling, where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Underline that, we're going to give thanks today. We're going to give thanks for the cross today of Jesus Christ. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. How much, like that's like, I was at a parade yesterday, and the guy's like selling snow cones for probably a premium, right? Because it's like so hot out there. And I'm just like, right place, right time. Like, these boats that came over from Tiberias, I mean, like, how much was the fare? Oh, you want to find Jesus, huh? All right, well, um, how many denarii should I charge? Like, supply and demand. Like, was it a bidding war? I mean, like, just think about it, right? These people are, like, desperate to go find Jesus. They'll pay whatever it takes to get across the lake so they don't have to walk around. Maybe some of them just walked. And they finally get to Jesus in Capernaum, in the synagogue. You find that all out later when he gives this big story about the bread of life. Here's the point. Jesus Christ gave an example of giving thanks. The people were seeking him. And here's the point. This is, again, just all transition stuff. Why were they seeking him? Good question. Might ask the question, "Why are you seeking him?" Or maybe we should just get to the basics: Who here came today to seek Jesus? Right? Just raise your hand if you like. No, I want. I want to seek Jesus. Like I'm. I came. Right. Who Who here wants to seek Jesus? Okay. Well, here's the thing. Let's seek Jesus together today. The rest of the passage, he's going to give us. Two warnings. When seeking Jesus, here's two warnings for you. And here's one exhortation for you. Okay? I'm going to warn you twice, and I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. Here it is. If you're ready, say go. Go. All right, here it is. Look at verse 25 and following here. When they found him on the other side of the sea... They said to him, Rabbi, teacher, right? Didn't he teach him over there with the 5,000? Yes, he did. And he's in the synagogue teaching now. When did you come here? I mean, fair question. Jesus could have answered the question, but did he answer the question? Read again, okay? Verse 26. Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, this is very important now, listen up, I say to you, You are seeking me. Were they seeking him? Yes, they were. They got on a boat to get over there. Like, yes, we're seeking you. You are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. And then he gives them the warning. He says, here, I know your motives. You're kind of a mess. You came today, right? Right? Not to see more signs because you want to get full. It's like, okay. Here's the warning, first warning. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. So here's the first point, write it down. Do not work for the wrong things. That's the first warning. Do not work for the wrong for the wrong things. We're in what I would call a summer of simplicity, right? We're short on staff. We're trying to cover everything. Do not overwork. Do not work for the wrong things. Definitely not for man's approval, right? Right? As unto the Lord, whatever you find to do, do it with all your might as unto the Lord, not unto man. You might write that down. God just gave that to me. Colossians 3, 17 and Colossians 3, 23. Those are two good verses about not overworking and why we work. Let me continue to read the passage. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you For on him, Jesus, God the Father, has set his seal. Holy Spirit. You have the Godhead in one verse. That's pretty sweet. That's the Trinity right there. For on him, Jesus, God the Father, has set his seal. That's the Holy Spirit. I'll prove that to you in a second. Then they said to him, what must we do? to be doing the works of God. Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. I'm going to stop right there. Do, 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 do. It's like, how many of you been in a doing church? That's it? Really? Come on, be honest in church. Don't lie in church. Like, I've been in a doing church, I've been in two doing churches, I've been in five doing churches, sometimes this becomes a doing church. It's like, all you want to do is do, 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 and do, do, right? Like, it's not that. Things we do to work our way to God, right? Just write that down. Things we do to work our way to God. The warning is, don't, don't work for the wrong things. Don't do, 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 do it all to work our way to God. That is religion, not relationship. Okay, so you tell me, I've given you a little lead in. You tell me, what are you doing, or what are the top things we do to work our way to God? Go ahead, give it to me. Come, come to church. Come to church. Pray. Read the word. Give. Do good things. Quiet time in the word with the Lord. What's that? Volunteer. What else? Anybody got one? That you're like, oh man, nobody's got this, but I've done it. Come on now. Yeah. What? Tithe? Yeah. So he kind of summed it up to three categories. They're actually categories I wrote down. So it's interesting that God's like telling you the same thing He's telling me. This is cool. So I wrote down three things Go to church. That probably includes serving and some of the things that you guys said about volunteering. Go to church. That's number one way I think we try to get to God. It's like, well, I'll just tell God I'm serious. I'll go to church today. All right, then there's a second one give money whether it's to the homeless shelter or tithing to the church, we think, no, we probably don't think that. We think God gave me some money. That's what I was going to say. No, we think it's my money, and if I give it, then God will be happy with me. We probably need to re- rethink that thinking. God's money, so if I give some of it, steward some of it, to, how about I just get it to where he wants, right? So I'm conflicted, even as I'm saying, because I don't want to think the wrong way, so I'm trying to think the right way, but the wrong illustration is, Give money, right? We don't give money just for giving money. We want to see people get saved with that money. We want to see people to be discipled with that money. We want to see churches planted with that money. Okay, I'm preaching another message. All right, number three. Like, move on. <laughs> number three is do good works. If we just do good, right? Titus, like one of the key words of Titus is do good. Good works, Right? If we just do good, do good, do good. But in Titus, you know what he does? In chapter 2 and in chapter 3, he goes, Gospel! Right? Remember the cross! That's why we're doing good. So don't forget that. Doing good isn't bad. You might want to say that. Doing good isn't bad. But it has to be centered around the gospel. Alright? So, Jesus is going to show you this right now. So, Things we do to work our way to God. Everybody do this. Stop that. We're not doing that. We're not working our way to God. If you're on that plan, please stop. You're you're not going to heaven on that plan. There's no way, okay? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's not like your crazy plan of like, I'll do this and that and get God's attention. The Father draws you by the Holy Spirit to admit that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. All right, I keep moving on. Jesus wants to save you time and money, so he's telling you the truth in this passage. Do not work for the wrong things. Does everybody know what point one is? What's point one? Do not work for the wrong things. Don't do it. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. Jesus like, don't do it. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me time. So these people in here, the crowd, they thought that they could work their way to heaven and right standing with God because they would be good enough. And Jesus like, eh, wrong answer. But he's not going to leave them there. Here you go. Okay. So they say, then Jesus said to them, uh, uh, verse 28, look at verse 28. I got two things I got to tell you here. Verse 28. Then they said to him, what must we do? If they would have stopped there, that would have been like Acts 2, and it would have been like repentance, baptism. But what did they add? Look at what they added. What must we do to be doing the works of God? Do you see the problem? These guys are like on it. They're like, but just tell me what to do. Just tell me where to work! Just tell me how I can do it myself! He's like, you don't have to. He's like, but tell me how! And like, no, it's not like that. But I want to do it! Have you ever done that? I have done that so many times! And I'm reading the passage and I'm like, what the world! I'm so dumb! Like, what am I doing? I mean, how many times does Jesus have to say the same thing in the same passage? And they're like, but I want to be a good doer, a do-gooder. I want a worker, harder, laborer. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Like, I'm totally like that. I'm a doer. And I need to be an equipper. (laughs) So I want to equip you right now to answer the question, what must we do? without all the garbage of do, work, do, work, work, do. Okay? Everybody ready for that? Flip over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, Peter's first message, the church is formed on this day, the day of Pentecost, and the people are cut to the heart, and they ask, not like these people in the synagogue asked, but these are people out on the street, and they asked, what? do we do what must we do to be saved right not to work my way to heaven but to be saved to be rescued by the blood of Jesus Christ so here's what it says look at verse 36 Peter preaching he says let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ this Jesus whom you crucified like have you ever had somebody just tell you off Come on now, get I get it? Y'all are liars. And I mean, Ron said this to me in my preaching evaluation on Friday. He's like, You know what? Sometimes you're mean. He's like, I'm, I'm listening to you, man. That illustration about Quinn and I was like, Discipline and Quinn are like, That's mean. I'm like, Oh, I didn't think that was mean. So, y'all have been like, Because I do it to you. So, raise your hand. I'll repent of that now. I'm not trying to beat you up, right? I'm not. I'm not trying to. That's not my heart. I want you to know that. Sometimes I don't know what's coming across. I need to watch myself preach. I'll do that. It's so painful to watch yourself. Like, dude, why did I say that? I was dumb. I'm in the ditch now. I didn't plan to say that. I didn't plan to say this. All right, I'm watching. Here it is. You crucified him, right? Put the finger right to the chest. It was you. And now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Same question, without all the garbage. Here's what he answers. So here's the answer to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And Peter said to them, Repent. What does that mean? Repent of your sin. Do you believe that you're a sinner, right? Do you believe that that separates you from Jesus? If you believe that, then repent of your sin and be free of it. Repent and be baptized. Baptized is both internal and external. We had four people get baptized this week on Monday night. It was amazing. I wish I could show you the video, but Brent's on vacation and he's the video guy. So sometime in the future, I'm gonna show you the video, right? But four people got dunked Madison, where's Madison? Right there. She got dunked and it was so fun because they're like, yeah, yeah. You know, inside I'm already his, but I just want to tell the world that I'm his. So the same thing that happened when I accepted Christ, I was dead to myself and alive in Christ. You know what? The same thing happened in me. I'm showing it to you and Madison went under the water, Emily baptized her, it was so cool, and and down and up, and she's new in Christ. And you know what she did? She left all that garbage that was before in the bottom of Foster Aarons. There's nothing there anymore. It's gone. Go find it. You find it in Foster Aarons. Grab some scuba equipment, try to find that. It's gone. I love that picture. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are afar off. It's not just for the Jews. It's for everyone, the whole world, whom the Lord God calls to himself. That's really key. Is God calling you to Himself today? Have you ever heard the Father say, I love you, I want you, please come home? I pray that you have. But if not, why not today? Is He speaking to you? I believe He is. I've prayed that He will. And I believe by faith that He will speak to you today, that He loves you, that sin is not a problem for Him because He sent Jesus Christ. To die for you. It wipes your sin away if you believe it and embrace it by faith. And you can be free from that forever. And can I get an amen on that? Let's go! Hallelujah! I want that right now! Again, God, please! All right. So here's the exhortation to us write it down, it won't be on the screen. The warning was, do not work for the wrong things. The exhortation is, the encouragement is, receive the gift of God. Literally, receive the Holy Spirit. The gift of God, Jesus Christ himself, the Holy Spirit himself, receive Jesus. And then this, believe in Jesus and have eternal life. Believe in Jesus and have eternal life. Let me say it again, because I know it's a lot. It's the main point. Receive the gift of God, Jesus. Believe in Jesus and have eternal life. That's what the whole book of John is written for. That you may believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that by believing you may have eternal life. Let's move on to the second point. Why were they asking what to do? They thought they could be good enough, right? They thought they could do it. Just tell me what it is. I'll do it, right? So that's why they were asking. Now, I did promise, I want to skate on, but I did promise that I would tell you about the Holy Spirit and how he fits in. So I'm going to put a couple verses on the screen. First one is Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace, you're saved. Through faith, it's not of your own doing. You're not... Not doing. Is everybody clear on that today? Everybody's clear it's not about doing? Okay, that's not salvation. Not how good you do, not how much you give, not if you come to church or not. It's not about doing. It's a gift of God. Everybody say gift of God. Literally gift from the Father drawing you to him. Not a result of works. I mean, is he trying to nail this point or not? I mean, he's trying to like... like, Nobody should miss this point today. You cannot be thick on this anymore, Steve Diedrich. This is it. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. There's nobody walking out of here going like, yeah, I saved myself. No, Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Always remember the cross, right? Always. No matter where you're at in your journey, if you're taking a seat or you're listening and learning, whatever it is, always remember the cross, in every situation, remember the cross. All right, then there's this verse, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, which says, in him, Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, you're hearing the gospel right now, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him. That's what I'm asking you to do is believe in Jesus. We're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. If you believe in Jesus Christ today, you are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. When do we acquire possession of it? When? When we die and go to heaven. When we die and see Jesus Christ face to face. Until then, the Holy Spirit is the guarantee. Glad it's not me that's the guarantee. Glad it's not my good works if it's the guarantee, right? Right? It's him that's the guarantee. He saves you because he loves you. He sent Jesus Christ to die for you. And not only that, he keeps you saved by the Holy Spirit. Bam! That sounds like a good plan. Well, that's because God came up with it. Right? I mean, if it was my plan, it would have had a hole somewhere. It would have depended on something. It was his plan. And then this last verse, and some of us need to hear this today, Ephesians 4.30 And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God because you have the Holy Spirit as a seal but you can grieve him. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let's not grieve the Holy Spirit. He's the seal, the guarantee and he's always speaking to the Father on our behalf, right? That's what prayer without ceasing is like. It's just the Holy Spirit's doing it. It's crazy. All right, we'll get to the next point here. Number two, second warning. Let me read it for you first, and then I'll give it to you, okay? Back to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 30. So they, they're full of questions. Anybody full of questions? I'm curious. I'm always full of questions. I'm always as curious as, as all get out. Okay? So they said to him, then what sign do you do? that we may see and believe you. The work, what work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven. I mean, this is them saying that it was a gift. I, I, I don't get it. Okay, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, listen up, this is important, I say to you, It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. So he's just exposing their thinking again. They think Moses is cool. But my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he, Jesus. And he's like, is he, Jesus, who comes down from heaven. He says that like seven times in this passage, that I came down from heaven and gives life to the Jews? No, it says to the world. This is cool. They said to him, sir, give us this bread. You're like, wow, something changed. They want it. No, all of their questions, he's revealed their motives, right? This one, he doesn't reveal their motives. <laughs> well, he kind of does in the rest, but I'm not going to preach on that. But, but he's like, they say, sir, give us this bread always. Here's what that means. Remember the Moses illustration we brought up where he feeds them every day with manna? You know that thing you did over on the hillside? Could you do that again today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day? Can we do that every day? Manna from heaven, please. Rain bread. That's what they're asking for. Does that sound familiar? It's like the blessings of yesterday are not good enough for today for us. It's like the fact that I got saved when I was 16, that's not enough. I want more. Is that true of you too? Like just whatever God gave you, health, whatever it is, it's not enough. I'm always asking for more. How about you? Somebody in the audience just said in their head, I heard it. (laughs) But God asked us to ask him. He says, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So of course it's never enough. I'm going to keep asking him. Well, wait a second. It is enough. I'm content. And therefore I ask him in a different way. I'm asking him his will and I'm asking and committing to submit to his will versus I'm asking him to do my will. There's a difference. You see that? I uh, just heard a message at Christ Community. It was uh, last week. A guy, Rich, uh, who I met with from Vital Church, was preaching it, and he was talking about... He had all these good illustrations. You can go listen to it online. All these good illustrations are like stupid prayers. I was like, I don't want to copy his thing, but like, here's what I want to get to. Silly stuff I ask God... To do or or to I pray for right silly stuff. You ever ask for silly stuff? Yeah, yeah. So okay, so let me ask you first to see if you can guys can line up with me or whatever. I wrote three things down, but what what silly stuff you've prayed for? Yeah, bless what I didn't do faithfully. What else? Money, I pray for money, right? Joy, Joy. yeah. What else do we pray for? Like joy, that seems good. We already have joy in Jesus, right? You don't have to pray for it, you have it. Yeah, but he is, right? So yeah, so the silly stuff that we pray, right? Who else? Come on, this is good. For a dog. For a dog. Bam, my kids have been praying for that for years and they finally got there. (laughs) I don't think God did that. That was my uh, sister. A A parking spot, yeah, driving around. Especially at Christmas, I'm praying for that. All right, let me give you my three. Um, Some silly stuff I've prayed for. Physical healing instead of spiritual health. You know, I've had a back issue. There's so many times I've asked God to heal my back. And many of those times I was asking him, I wasn't healthy spiritually. You're asking for the wrong thing, dude. All right, number two. Help me be successful without sacrificing anything for you, Jesus. Like, you would never pray that, but I've prayed prayers like that. That's a category prayer, right? Like It's like, just help me be successful, but I don't want it to hurt and I don't want to give anything up. Number three. Please give me what I want rather than what you've already given me or what I deserve. Please give me what I want rather than giving thanks to God for what he's already given and for what his plan obviously is, right? So, So that got me to this, right? Giving thanks. And we're going to close our service in just a second with this where you just... Get with somebody and you just start, you know, hopefully you've been writing some things down throughout the message, giving thanks. I mean, we'd saying about the resurrecting of Jesus Christ, all that. So just um, get yourself ready. Write a few things down. We're going to share with one another in, again just in a second. Giving thanks. I need to be done and I uh, want to close well. So let me give you the point again. The Did I ever give you the point? No, I didn't. Well, that was good. Number two, warning, okay? Do not ask for the wrong reasons. Don't ask for the wrong reasons. They were asking for the wrong reasons and asking for the wrong things, but they were asking why? Because they wanted physical food. Because they wanted Jesus to do what they wanted Jesus to do. This is what you call Jesus on demand. Maybe you've heard of that before, on demand. Like, this is the, the way we pray. I want Jesus my way, right away. It's like Burger King. Some of you guys are like, where did he get that? Uh, It's Burger King. Okay. Sometimes I'm like, God, I'll believe you if, if you do what I ask you to do. Anybody? Sometimes we're like, I have a list of things I want you to do, and then I'll believe you. these guys did it here. They, they were like, here's the past. Our fathers, they were really tuned in. They were really spiritual. And so they did some stuff with you, God. And it's like, no, 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 no. I did some stuff with them. Right? Let's just get the story straight. You're twisting the story. You're not thinking of it from God's perspective. God gave and God still gives And he gave in the form of Jesus who gives you life and life eternal. So, here's the point again. Do not ask for the wrong reasons. Do not ask for the wrong reasons. Here's the exhortation again. It's going to be a little different. The first time I said receive the gift of God. But if you've already received the gift of God, what you need to do now is you need to remember the gift of God. So I'm just going to change that one word on the main point. Receive it and remember it. Come and remember, okay? Receive and remember. So this is, remember the gift of God, who is Jesus, believe in Jesus, and have eternal life. He goes on, I'll preach this passage another time, but here's what happens. I'll just give you the cliff notes. They start grumbling because he says, I am the bread of life. I am God, and I am the one sent by God to save you from your sins. And they grumble and complain. No, this, you know, Joseph and Mary, and I know you, and you came from Nazareth. And he says, Hey, 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 I'm God. I'll raise you up on the last day. He says it three times here. And you know what happens? I just want to tell you the end of the story. Can I tell you the end of the story? Everybody like the end of the story? Just the cliff notes? Who wants that? All right, good. A couple of you want it. I'm going to tell everybody then. All right? Some of you guys are like, I'm done. right? You're over time. Here's the deal. Here's the cliff notes on the ending. His disciples left him. That's what happened. That's the rest of the story. They're like, We're out. Here's what they say. This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Journey with Jesus, done. And as we leave this message and as we leave this series, journey with Jesus, just getting started. Not done, not turning back just getting started. Now, Steve, that you've told me the truth, that it's not about works and it's not about what I asked for, but it's about what I've received, the gift of God, Jesus Christ, and it's about remembering that gift. Now that you've told me that, I'm on a different journey with Jesus and it's a much different road where I'm trusting him rather than me to save me.